are back. Welcome to the Forecast F1 podcast. It's the first episode of the 2024 season. I'm excited to be here. Anton, how do you feel after the break? Well, the lack of F1 is killing me, but uh, at least uh, there's no lack of uh, news to talk about. So I think there's quite a lot on our plate for today. I think so. I think we have a lot to talk about. A lot of surprises so far. A lot of things still left um, to be revealed. A lot of liveries revealed. So yeah, let's let's get started. But let's first talk about the game because there's also some really exciting things that have happened and are now going to be released. So why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's right. That's why I think it's good to do this episode prior to the start of the season so we can get back into it. We can refresh our memories and we can look forward to, well, what's going to be hopefully a very exciting season, not only F1-wise, but also forecast-wise. So yeah, let's talk a little bit about the game. And as many of you might have noticed by now, we have a new app, a new phone application for the game. And it's available both on Android and Apple. So you can go to the Play Store or to the App Store and download it. And I think it's a big improvement. There's going to be a lot of new functions that we didn't have as of yet. So, for example, this new app, what it does is it basically remembers your prediction in such a way that you can go back and look at it again and change it if you wish. So I think that's a great new feature. We didn't have that previously on the website or on the old app, which by the way, both work. So if you do want to stick with those, that's fine. But yeah, this new application has a lot of new functions. So another thing is that you can now watch the scores and the results and you can actually search for your name or for your friends. I think that's another big improvement. And yeah, well, there's a couple of other things, but um, yeah, (laughs) I think by, uh, you know, if we just if you start to use it, you will find out bit by bit uh, what it what it looks like and what it can do and how it's different. Yeah, the new app is really, really cool. And what I like most about it is the fact that you're able to see all your results and see how you fare with everybody. Beforehand, you still had that ability, but now the, the fact that it's all under one app is, is really, really user-friendly. So definitely excited to use it this year. Yeah, so so after you've downloaded the app, I suggest to sign up because it's not linked to the website. So that means you do need to make a new profile. But if you use your name, I will link it to your existing player in the game and you'll be racing with your racing number of last year. So um, uh, if you're a new player, you'll be assigned a new racing number. And um, yeah, that's 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 the basic idea. I would suggest to, you know, download it, install it. And you can, if you wish, you can just make a prediction because like I said, it the app is going to remember your prediction, you can go back and change it. So you can basically now do it at any point in time, set your prediction, at least you have a backup. And then once you get closer to the race, you open up the app again, you revise it, whether you want to make a change, yes or no. And um, yeah, another another function of the app is that it shows the deadline. And um, so, uh, you know, when, when you go to the race, it will show a countdown. So you can see when the actual deadline for making your prediction is. The countdown is not the countdown to the race. It's the countdown to the deadline of the game. And talking about the deadline, there's something new there too, because that's slightly different from what it was last year. So last year, the deadline for making predictions was always 12 hours before the start of the qualifying session, right? regardless of whether it was a normal race weekend or sprint weekend. So that changes. It's not going to be 12 hours prior to the start of qualifying, 
but the cutoff moment is going to be the start of FP3 in a normal race weekend. So that means that you get a little bit more time than you did previously, but it's still quite similar to the fact that you get to see FP1 and FP2, you do not get to see FP3, uh, but you do get a little bit more time. So basically the start of FP3 will be the deadline and there will be no injury time. That's the cutoff point. And that's in a normal race weekend. Of course, we have sprint weekends. And I guess we're going to talk about the new format of the sprints in a little bit in the podcast. But um, regarding the game and the deadline, the deadline for the sprint weekends is the start of FP1. So again, blind picks for sprint weekends. I know some of you really don't like that. I think others kind of enjoy it. It's a bit of a free-for-all, but... Uh, you do not get to see the, the practice sessions. The cutoff moment is so same for the sprint weekends. It's not 12 hours before the start of qualifying, but it's the cutoff moment is the start of FB1. Yeah, that's very important. And one other thing to mention when it comes to the app is, is that you also will receive, if you accept, uh, push notifications when it comes to the deadline. So that's really important as well for those of you uh, like myself, who sometimes has Anton reminding me that I need to make my picks, that I will be able to receive in a push notification, which I think is going to be very useful. Yeah, that's right. It's at the moment of downloading the app and opening it up for the first time, it will ask you whether you allow notifications. And uh, I think that's definitely a nice function. And uh, <laughs> yeah, on the other hand, it means more It'll people. save you some time. Yeah, <laughs> it will. It will. But on the other hand, uh, it will also remind others. So you're going to have uh, more people competing with you. So I don't know. I guess that's the whole point of the game, isn't it? If you were playing by yourself, it wouldn't be much fun. No, and, and that's another thing, too, is that at the start of last season, in comparison to the end of the season, the amount of players that had joined the game had multiplied considerably. So I'm really excited going into 2024 because I, who knows how many people are going to play. And the more people that play obviously heightens the competition. And uh, it'll be, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. Yeah, that's actually one of the things I wanted to talk with you about. A little bit about the expectations that you have for, well, first of all, how many people you think will be playing the game regularly. We had about... I would say an average of 500 people playing each race weekend during last year. I'm thinking that might slightly go up. But um, what I want to know is uh, where do you think you will finish more or less during this season? So uh, going back to the first season, 22, you finished 74th. And last year you slightly improved with a seven, P70 <laughs> where you finished. So... My question bit, is, yeah. yeah, yeah, no, that's an improvement. I mean, uh, myself, I, I, I finished uh, second in the first season and then I finished 52nd last year. So, um, it, well, we can't call that an improvement. But yeah, I just wanted, I wanted to <laughs> hear what you think. What's your aim for this year? Where do you want to finish? Where do you think you'll realistically finish? Well, of course, I'd want to finish at the top, number one. <laughs> but I think realistically... It's Number one, it's going to really come down to how many players play this year because the more players that play, I think the more challenging it's going to be to finish in the top 50 or 100. I, I kind of have been treading the last two years in 70 range, so let, let's give myself 54. All I right. think that's reasonable, that's, hopefully. That's, that's, that's decent. I was thinking for myself, I was <laughs> hoping to finish in the top 50, so I think that's uh, similar. We've, we've got similar aims. 
And, and one of the things that uh, I'll add, there, there'll be a few things, especially on the, uh, on the Instagram, there will be a couple of uh, additional overviews as well. One of the things that we're gonna do is we're gonna have a sub league of, well, we're gonna call it Forecast F1 Titans, which basically is the, it's, it's a sub competition between the largest Instagram accounts that are playing the game. So you'll see people like Pullman Racing, you'll see, uh, the girls behind Mani on board. You'll find various other larger Insta Instagram accounts that are playing the game, who will be competing to, who will be competing with you and me. So uh, we'll both be in that little overview as well, and people can see how we're doing and how we are scoring relative to uh, to one another. So that's going to be a cool feature, I think. I hope, uh, depending on whether I'll beat you or not, but, uh, well, uh, <laughs> I guess that's the other thing that, uh, Let, let's start the competitions early. eh? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And that's going to be, that's going to be fun to see which one, uh, between the two of us is going to come out on top. And, um, yeah, of course, well, I, I don't know. I'll, I'll, I'll uh, I know reserve my predictions <laughs> because I, I, I wanted to say that, you know, we should get back to this at the end of the season and see where we, where we, where we, so I don't want to big, we did last year. Yeah, exactly. But and I don't uh, want to bring that up because that would mean me having to accept the fact that, that you, you beat me last year. So we'll, well see. It, we'll start from scratch. <laughs> so exactly. So we'll, we'll see. I think that brings us a little bit into, well, the things that we've been, <laughs> we've been watching around F1 news. I think there's a lot of things that, uh, that we can talk about. And I think it would be good to start, well, there's not any new teams, but there are some new team names. I think um, mm -hmm. we start off with the first one, which um, which was basically Alfa Romeo, who will not lend their name no longer to the Sauber team. They decided that they will be stake F1 team, kick Sauber. At least that's what they initially said. But then apparently there's been a little bit of... Um, they're going now with kick Sauber, right? Because I think there are some problems with the name rights in, in countries where they're not allowed to uh, yeah. brand the name of... Uh, of, of, of betting websites basically is that it exactly it, it's all it all comes down to as far as we are aware just simply legality reasons when it comes to the name and depending on the country so yeah it's it's going to be interesting like going outside of the name they have done a pretty dramatic change in terms of coloring scheme this year for their liveries Definitely. Or for the livery, I should say. What What are your thoughts on that? It was well, like I, a lime green or neon green. Yeah, I think it's a funny one because I've seen very uh, wide ranging opinions. Me personally, I, I I like it a lot, mainly because what I like, but I look at it like I want F one to be somewhat of a color pattern of different ranges of colors, and I think it's fun. Also, you know, also for the game to easily identify. For example, with Alfa Romeo, like the the type of red that they used last year was somewhat similar similar to that of Ferrari so for example in the overviews in the game it wouldn't be immediately clear which driver was which and this lime green is something completely different from what we're seeing with the rest of the team so for that reason I kind of like it also I do think it's kind of it's a bold move bold direction it's 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 different from any of the other teams and that's what I like about it what about yourself yeah, I agree. I I really like it. I think that it's going to look really cool on the track. Where I'd especially, I'm excited to see it is on night races. I think at night races with the black and the green, it's it's going to really pop. So 
I agree with you. I think that more color on the track and and having cars stand out is something that is really appealing and um, aesthetically when you're watching the races, it's it's nice. So I definitely think that in my personal opinion, taking that approach with the color scheme was a bold move, but I, I a really good choice. It's a good point. They will be cool to see during night races. They should actually make it somewhat fluorescent. That would that would be really, really cool. Yeah. I think in some of the promotion, it does already look somewhat fluorescent. So that would be a cool addition. Um, but um, yeah, in the, in the, in actually in the game, in the app, uh, the team will be called Kick Sauber for now. Um, uh, right. I'm not going to change the name, obviously, per race, depending on whether we can use stake or not. So it will be Kick Sauber. And um, and that brings us to the other team that has rebranded, which, well, we actually talked about it a couple of times during last season when it was announced that they would drive under a different name. And there was a lot of rumors of what it would be. Racing Bulls was mentioned. Hugo Boss was mentioned. In the end, it turns out to be Visa Cash App RB or Racing Bulls F1 team or in slightly different order. But uh, yeah, what's your <laughs> what's your thoughts there? I mean, I guess they have to include their sponsors, but I mean, if I'm being really honest, I'm not a big fan of the name. I understand that they have to, in some element, include them in the team name, but uh, Racing Bulls, I don't mind. It's just the long-winded... V- it's going to be interesting hearing the hearing commentators describe it as the race is going on. True. Well, <laughs> the, the team Visa Cash App, uh, but... Well, well Racing Bulls is what I don't like too much about is that it's a similar abbreviation of what you have with Red Bull it's both RB and I I kind of just as I would like colors to be wide ranging on the grid I do believe it would also be better to have different names in that respect and even though you know for example Toro Rosso was just basically the Italian uh, translation of Red Bull although on the other hand, you know, it, it sounds different and it, it was somewhat of a nice wing to the team being Italian based and everything. So I felt that that was better. And I see a lot of people were saying they're going to continue to call them or they're going to go back to calling them Toro Rosso. Uh, I saw people saying they're going to call them Minardi. Uh, people continuing to call them Alfa Tauri. But actually in the app of the game, you're going to... I wanted to go a different direction and not follow everyone saying that they're going to call it Toro Rosso. Uh, we're actually going to call it Visa Cash App. Nice. <laughs> All right. I'm getting. I'm, I'm sort of getting used to it already. I mean, on the, I mean, we've seen we've seen other weird names on the grid True. previously. True. And I don't know. Yeah. Again, I, I I I do I do not like to call them racing bulls. It sounds too much like Red Bull to me, and it's all it's also a little bit too obvious for me that it's an affiliated team. Um, you know, even though, for example, I mean, let's take Haas as an example. They also use most of the materials from Ferrari, but at least they're not called something similar to Ferrari. So it has somewhat of a different identity. I think racing bulls, but okay, I've I've, I've said it three times now. So, uh, <laughs> so, so so what do you think actually about their livery? Because we we talked about the the stay kick livery. What do you think about the um, Visa Cash App livery? You know what? I actually don't mind it, to be honest with you. I like the color, like the blue that they're going with this year. I've always been a fan of uh, blue and white. Th- those colors alone are, are very 
prevalent throughout the years when it comes to when it comes to Formula One. So I think that it looks pretty cool. A lot of advertisements on the car. <laughs> There's no doubt about that. They're very bold. But then again, we see other teams like McLaren, for example, that have Google just about everywhere. So I don't mind it. What are your thoughts? Yeah, the nice thing about it is that compared to all the other liveries where we see a lot of carbon, we see a lot of black, actually this car is quite colorful and personally i think that, that kind of that type of blue is not per se my favorite it, it i don't know but maybe i'm half colorblind but to me it goes a little bit towards like a slight hint of purple i don't necessarily like that color too much i like the williams color more but i do like that it's colorful and it has yeah it it, it, it will jump out on the screen when you see the cars going around the track and that's that's one of the things i like about it and yeah advertisement uh, yeah, well, we said what we said about the name, but having advertisement on the car is also something that I mean, that's just F1. That's just how it works. I mean, uh, that I don't mind, to be honest. And at least as if uh, when it's done in a nice way, you know, the, the, the visa on the side of the car and then you go and um, but the hint of the of the bull as in the Red Bull or wait, well, racing bull. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's done. I think it's done quite nicely, so I, I don't mind it. And what I do like is that it's similar as Kick, because if they change the name, it's also something different from what we've seen last year. So I don't want all the livery. You know, I also understand that as a brand, you want to brand your brand. <laughs> that makes sense. So a lot of teams don't change too much throughout the different seasons. Uh, but uh, which is understandable, but I do like to see change here and there. It's exciting just as having a new track on the calendar, just as seeing new drivers on the on the grid. We're not going to have too many new races on the calendar. Well, of course, China hasn't been raced at for a while, so that we can somewhat consider as a, as a new venue. Well, not really new. There's no gonna, not going to be any new drivers, so at least we're going to see a couple of new colors driving around. Well, I agree with you on the fact that it's always nice to see a change in liveries. I mean, this year you see quite a few that have remained the same and for the most part, but with Visa Cash App, <laughs> I think that with the new name and si similar to, well, I was about to call them Stake F1. We'll, we'll see how things pan out with them. But with with both of them, with new names comes new liveries and yeah, it's it's nice to see on the track. That's for sure. So talking about new names and new liveries, let's talk about a new name that will not be on the grid for well at least not for the next couple of years to come um, yeah. what do you think about the rejection of uh, Andretti being the 11th team on the grid I personally would have loved to see them go further I think it would have added some additional depth and I think that the Formula One is capable of having an 11th team uh, and so I was quite surprised, to be honest with you, the fact that it was rejected. And I think that they had a pretty compelling package put together as to why they could be considered as that team. So to me, I was surprised. What were your thoughts? Not necessarily surprised, but just a little bit taken aback by the reasoning I mean I mean I wasn't expecting yeah. that they would allow them to be on the grid to be really honest with you I was expecting they would be rejected but I felt that they could have uh, um, the arguments that were put forth were a little bit strange to me um, some of them had to do with uh, you know it, it's going to be tough to have an 11th team on the grid some tracks are not really set up for that 
grip boxes or not. But then again, um, I think it's stated actually in the rule book that uh, there can be up to 20, uh, well, I don't know if it's 24, 26, I think even 26, but there should be room for more teams. So you cannot really blame Andretti for the tracks not being up to standard of taking on an 11th team. So that, and then um, I think one of the things that was repeated several times was that uh, F1 will bring more to Andretti than Andretti will bring to F1. And then I've heard several people say that, yeah, yeah, yeah that, that, that's right. But that's not really an argument from my perspective. Look, I mean, what about other teams that are on the grid? I think F1 brings more to any of the teams on the grid, perhaps except for Ferrari, but um, to each and every other team, it brings a lot of advertisement and it brings more to any of the teams on the grid than that team actually brings to F1. So I think it's true for basically all of the teams on the grid. I mean, would you be talking about Haas as a company if they weren't on the F1 grid? Would, you, would, would for example, Red Bull be as much in the news or uh, take off a Tauri? I mean, everybody knows that, it, that it's a clothing brand. I didn't know that prior to them being on the grid. So I think those are all examples of, of you know, uh, the F, F1 as a whole bringing something to all of these teams. So, yeah, that would be true for Andretti as well. But is that a reason not to have them as the 11th team? I, I, I couldn't get my head around that reasoning, to be honest. I completely agree with you. And I think that they had a solid partnership as well to present when it came to the power unit with General Motors. So exactly. that would have been that would have been, in my opinion, um, a, a solid package that you could present for consideration as a team. I agree with you in the fact that you're you're there has been a lot of friction met with introducing an 11th team. So I wouldn't necessarily say that I was completely surprised that they would be declined. But at the same time, what was surprising to me was simply, like you said, like the reasoning, it, ju it just it doesn't make any sense. Again, this is this is a team like Andretti has their hands in many different facets of the motorsport world. So they come with a very strong resume. And the 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 GM, I, I, the package that they've put together was, I mean, that that could be a considerable power unit that could have been looked at. So yeah, I, I think that they're under review for until 2028 at this point to then represent themselves, which is a little unfortunate because that's in four years time. But until then, looks like we have 10 cars on the grid. Or well, sorry, I hope 20. <laughs> 10 teams, <laughs> 20 cars. <laughs> I should I should also mention the fact that we are doing this episode a lot earlier than we typically do. So have I had enough coffee this morning? No. <laughs> am I usually as sharp? Uh, well, am I as sharp as I usually am? No, not necessarily. So this is an example of that. Am I used to disclaimers from your side? Yes, I am. So that's all right. But, uh, <laughs> it's the first disclaimer of the year. <laughs> yeah, true. And there will be many, many more. <laughs> there um, will be. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, no, that's I'm looking forward. Oh, we were just talking about expectations. But uh, I'm also looking forward to... Um, well, throughout the race weekends, uh, see how you perform during the um, the playing of the of the quiz at the end of, of each podcast. And uh, hopefully we're going to have a lot of nice new guests on the podcast throughout this year as well. Looking really looking forward to that. Um, there's yeah. a couple of people that are lined up to uh, to come on. 
on uh, on a couple of different episodes so that's going to be a lot of fun but let's talk a little bit we mentioned now we talked about two liveries and um, i think it would be good to talk about the other ones um so we're looking first at Haas. i think they were the the weren't they the first ones to release their livery uh yeah and i mean Haas has has gone through quite a restructuring haven't they before 2024 season and uh in not a lot of time so that should be interesting. But their livery, yes, we can go into that first if you'd like. <laughs> no, you can talk about Gunther if you want to. Well, look, I mean, we don't know, obviously, the the full details as to what's taken place. But clearly, he, was a, he played a significant role in that team. So with him gone, it uh, leaves a lot of question marks. I mean, they were already a team that... What's the right word, shall I say? Uh, they have had their their struggles over the past several years. And so with him leaving, it, it leaves a lot of uncertainty, I think, for many people as to what the season is going to hold, what their performance is going to be like. But we'll see. We don't know. No, we don't. No. What are your and, thoughts? Yeah, well, to be honest, I mean, Gunther was quite a colorful person. I, I think it's good to have those kind of people uh, in the paddock. On the other hand, to be really honest, it's, you know, with Gunther and now also, uh, for example, with the accusations on, on Horner, you know, the team principles, I, I I don't know, I'm more impressed by drivers. And, uh, the, <laughs> uh, you know, for me, the whole Formula One thing centers more around them and the cars than the team principles. But it's a shame um, because he's been he's been there now for a while and he was... Yeah, again, uh, he sometimes stirred up things by saying unconventional things, which which is always good to have people like that. But yeah, then again, I mean, uh, I don't know the other guy. I, I, I think it's nice to have a to have a Japanese uh, team principal on the grid now uh, with Komatsu. And I, yeah, I don't know him mm-hmm. too well, but as far as I know, he's um, he's, he's he has a technical background and. Um, and it's interesting. It will be a very different type of character, I think, than uh, than Steiner, but not necessarily worse. He might actually. Well, let's see. I mean, what do we know? Well, yeah, we we won't know until we see things in action. But yes, he was definitely a polarizing figure on the grid. That's for sure. But what about delivery? Yeah, I was just about to say that. <laughs> what about the livery? Well, I, I mean, I'd say much of the same as of last year maybe a little bit more of the carbon but um but to me by appearances it looks very similar what are your thoughts yeah well if we look at the livery and if we look at the liveries from Haas over the past couple of years I think they're moving from a more obvious black and white to some different uh, I don't know if it's actually just the pictures that I've seen of the car whether it's like there's some different color variations well not colors but like different types of gray it's like sort of overflowing it looks a little bit different and i do think it's cool on the other hand yeah it's it's very it's not very colorful but uh, and it's it's somewhat similar to what it looked like on 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 previous cars just except for uh, there not being any blue which there was of course a couple of years ago but that they kind of dropped after the whole Uh, Russia thing so yeah I don't know it's recognizably has it's nothing really special but it's also not bad looking Um, again I'm sort of thinking it's 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 not good it's not bad 
kind of in the middle, right? I, we're definitely, we're both definitely fans of color. That's for sure when yeah, it comes it to the liveries. Yeah. <laughs> yeah well, then, let's get into another. Oh, go ahead. No, yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Uh, I go to another one that's a little bit more colorful, uh, but also not too different from what it was last year. Well, I, I think to some extent it is. Uh, I was talking about Williams. What do you think about that? Ah, I love that blue. I I feel like that blue is just such a such a unique color. I'm I'm a big fan of it. So, even though it's a lot of the same, I can't complain about it at all because I just it's like Ferrari with the red. It's just uh, it's it's a color that is definitely like when you see that color, you know it's a Williams. And um, I'm kind of glad that they stuck with it. Still, what are your thoughts? No, I also like it, but I think both of us are slightly biased. We both like Williams a lot as a team. I think that also uh, sometimes <laughs> brings in a, yeah, some additional feelings for something. No, I, I kind of like it. I'm also happy they, they stuck with the Duracell uh, branding. I think that's very neatly done. Um, some think it's a bit cheesy. It might be, but uh, it, it's, it's well thought of. And um, yeah, I, I like it as a whole. I think it's good looking. Uh, it's 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 also a little bit more carbon than it was in previous years but i think that's a trend that we're seeing with most of the liveries and um i think moving on to alpine i think uh, their livery is is also very similar to what it was last year but with more carbon on it yeah i don't i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing for the alpine um well it might be because it might be a little bit lighter and they might need that uh, they haven't gotten the, the strongest uh, power unit and they also know that they're not because I think if Andretti was going to come in at 25 they were going to use a power unit of, of Alpine first before actually going to uh, General Motors uh, in 26 as a new power unit supplier so Alpine's, Alpine's going to be on their own and and yeah I, I don't know uh, the, the livery is not bad I actually you know talking about colorful I would have liked it to be like full pink for the for the whole year i kind of like that kind of standing out on the yeah i'm not saying i like pink as a color too much but i do like it on the green <laughs> uh i don't i don't like that pink i mean look I, I i'm all for the color we know we've expressed that several times but i that pink just i i can't i don't like it <laughs> i don't like it at all i know that they are going to have, I believe, eight of the races this year are going to be in more of a pink livery. They can do pink. I just, I look at that pink and it, and this is terrible to say, but it reminds me of like a, a Pepto-Bismol right. pink. And well, I just can't seem to get that out of my head <laughs> every time I see it. Well, the pink version of the livery that they're going to use for some of the races, uh, there's not a lot of variation with the regular livery, I think. Uh, what I do like actually about the car is that if you look at the wheel covers like they have like the blue wheel cover in the front and then the pink wheel cover in the back i think most of the teams have um, the same wheel cover on on front and back tires so i think that's cool uh, but other than that i don't have too much to mention about the the alpine livery um i was just going to say what are you like just to tap into a little bit about that because we touched on williams we talked touched on alpine and if you look at them in comparison as teams during the previous season there you see a lot of growth from williams like that like they have made some significant improvements they were a team that has been struggling for several years trying to make advancements and i think that for the most part they have made some steps and they also have a lot of 
optimism. I mean, there's some hopeful optimism going into this season that they will continue to improve. Then you look at a team like Alpine who have two great drivers, but the back end of the team and and structurally, they seem to have a lot of issues, especially last year. So it's going to be, there's a lot of question marks going into this year when it comes to Alpine outside of the livery colors. What what are your what are your first thoughts when it comes to what we would see? Maybe do you have some hopeful optimism, similarly to Williams, that they're going to be a team that have, uh, given the changes recently, are going to be a team that may may be able to perform a lot better than they did last year, or do you think that maybe not so much? Not too much optimism, to be completely frank with you. I think that they will end. Well, if I'm Doing some predictions on on team positioning, I think they'll finish sixth. Um, I think they will not be able to challenge any of the, let's say, top five teams. I do think the gap between them and Williams will not be... Well, I would love to see Williams actually doing better, but I think uh, seventh was already quite a good finishing position for them last year. Um, Hopefully they make gains and they can challenge Alpine, but I think there will be a gap. So I think there's going to be five teams performing very well then there's going to be a little bit of a gap to Alpine and then there's going to be a little bit of a gap to hopefully Williams um, well I'm hoping um, and of course I, I would like to see the other backmarker teams like like um, for example Haas and um, now Sauber and, and also AlphaTauri Visa Cash app becoming um, competitive with one another so that we get a, a strong or yeah, a good fight in the back as well. I, I wouldn't want to see any of the teams really, you know, uh, being bottom, bottom last. Um, so, but I don't think that Alpine. I think Alpine will be somewhat in a league of their own, uh, not in the, the good sense of the word. I I just don't think they can challenge with the top teams. Let's take a look at one of those top teams. Uh, Which one do you want to pick first? Oh, there's a few things to talk about that I'm really excited about. I see about. an Aston so Martin hat in the background there uh, uh, <laughs> behind you. So I think that might be a nice segue into um, a team that yeah, didn't change much of their, their color patterns. What, uh, what, what about their livery? Well, look, I, I, it's similar. My opinion lies similarly to the Williams is, is that that's just such a, such a bold, uh, unique color. When I saw it on the grid live, it just stands out. It is such, uh, I'm such a big fan of that color. So I'm really glad they didn't change it, to be honest with you. Yeah, uh, I think we should get someone in the podcast that has some different views than we have because we seem to agree on most things. Uh, I also agree. I think it's a, I think it's a great, great color scheme. Um, I think they might have, you know, they could have changed something just uh, like the patterns or something a little bit, but I, I don't mind that it's the same color. I think that green fits perfectly well with the sort of lime yellow that they have or lemon yellow or whatever that color is um, I'm not that good at describing colors but uh, yeah that together with black I think it's 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 all together very great very nice I like green liveries to begin with I think on f1 cars so I think there's uh, there's been a few like we had um, Jaguar had a a green livery. Caterham had a, a green livery. Uh, I think this Aston Martin is beautiful. It's one of my all-time favorites, um, and it will be for for many years to come. I think so. Um, yeah, I think we're on mm-hmm. uh, we're on the same line there. 
Well, one thing that is uh, underneath that livery that Aston Martin has is they've they're introducing a new suspension in this year that's actually taking uh, inspiration from Mercedes. So that's going. I mean, obviously they've taken a few things from Mercedes in terms of inspiration into their car, but uh, the suspension is something that is going to be a significant change going into this year. So we'll see if that actually produces a positive result on the track. Yeah, I wanted to go into that a little bit later as well, uh, but um, well, we can talk about it now. Uh, there are several teams that are, are going to change uh, suspension, especially on the rear end. Um, so if we're talking push rods, pull rods, there's going to be, well, we had last year, we had basically only Red Bull and McLaren who were driving with a, a pull rod suspension on the front and a push rod suspension on the back. And this year there's going to be two other teams joining them. Um, as we know, Visa Cash App is gonna is gonna copy a lot of things from Red Bull this year. Not only suspension, but they're gonna probably do a lot of things that uh, Red Bull already did last year. So they're gonna go to that similar uh, setup, and uh, so does uh, Sauber. Actually, Sauber is um, is switching from um, well, of course it was Alfa Romeo last year. They uh, are switching from having a push rod both on the front and the back. They're going to uh, pull rod at the front and keeping the push rod at the back. You just mentioned Aston Martin. Them and Mercedes are both switching from push rod in the front and pull rod in the back, which they had last year to have both push rod front and back, which last year was, uh, like I said, Alfa Romeo had that, Alfa Tauri had that, Alpine also has that. Alpine's not gonna change um, their setup. And then, um, yeah, the ones that are sticking with um, with that combination of push rod front and the pull rod in the back is uh, Ferrari and Haas. Uh, I guess uh, Haas doesn't have much uh, much to choose from in the way that their setup goes because they basically use all parts of um, or a lot of parts from the Ferrari. So um, yeah, with the Ferrari gearbox and the setup, I don't think they have uh, much choice there. Uh, the back of their car yeah it's going to be interesting to see if that does um if that does anything although you know i think in general the setup of course there's there's pros and cons um for having a for having a pull rod at the front it it, it supposedly gives some aerodynamic gains it also has some weight savings it's not as um yeah it's not you need a less like it needs to be less strong the the whole suspension but it's also more difficult to um, to work at for mechanics. So it has pros and cons, um, and it doesn't mean that uh, you know having the same setup as uh, as Red Bull is necessarily going to give you a lot of gainings. I mean, McLaren already drove around with that in the in the 22 season as well, which wasn't a great season for them. They had that at the start of last year. We saw that they didn't have best of starts last year, but they were able to make a lot of gains. And that's not necessarily because of the, the suspension setup. So, yeah, it's fun to see and it's fun to um, speculate a little bit. I think the only one I didn't mention is Williams. They're also Williams is also moving along with Aston Martin and Mercedes and, and basically changing their um, suspension at the back from, from pull rod to, uh, to push rod. But uh, it's interesting that we see so many changes because um, usually teams sort of stick with, uh, with what they have been developing in the past years. But uh, yeah, quite a lot of changes uh, to that extent. So that's, that's exciting. Okay, so let's move on to another team, uh, top team, I guess we could say, when it comes to liveries. Let's get into McLaren. Yeah, uh, actually funny that they 
sort of release their livery so early on without any like date set yeah for you. well they did set a date uh, for when they had a car reveal but the livery scheme color was already revealed much earlier and without any prior notice but I gotta say, I kind of like it. It's very similar to the livery they were using towards the later part of the last season. Um, so um, a little bit less of that, I don't know what, what you call it, uh, sky blue uh, color, uh, which I kind of like. I don't know, uh, I think it's, it's, it's a color that fits the orange and the black. On the other hand, looking at their current livery, um, I do really like it. I think we were talking about it during the last season, when they went, when they switched to this livery, we both said that we really, really liked it. So I'm, I'm kind of happy with with uh, with what it looks like, and I, I'm guessing you are too. Yeah, uh, completely. I like that they eliminated more of the blue and they stuck more to a black and orange. I think that it pops, and it looks. I think it'll look really nice on the track. So then, um, well, there's three teams left, and I think uh, we talk about the team first. Oh, that actually, actu before we even do that, <laughs> there's one other thing that we should mention when it comes to McLaren, Lando's contract extension. Right. Because, of course, there was a lot of conversation at the end of last year talking about the future of Lando with McLaren, um, rumors circulating that maybe he was com having conversations with other teams, namely Red Bull. Uh, but it looks like those rumors were put to rest and he's going to stay at McLaren for uh, for a little while longer. Yeah, and I'm kind of happy with that. I think it's a, it's a good choice. He's showing faith that that team can um, can really get somewhere. I think looking at this season, of course, they will not have, well, who knows, but I don't think they will have a bad start as they did during last season. So there will be a little bit more of a challenge from the beginning, uh, which probably does them quite good during the, well, I, I, of course, last year they had such a bad start, so they didn't get as many points and they didn't really challenge uh, the first few teams in the championship so that does mean that they actually have quite a lot of wind tunnel time also for the for themselves this year uh, which is going to help them developing the car even further so it's kind of a ideal setup for this year if you ask me yeah I'm, I'm very curious to see if if this year they can get a couple of race wins that would be that would be um, I don't know as a as a McLaren fan I would love to see that I I think it's been a long time coming for Lando to actually get that win. Um, I think Lando is still probably the better racing driver uh, and is definitely the more experienced one uh, between the two in that team. But it's a great lineup. And, and you know, that's if they're going to get wins, even if it's just a few or one, uh, I'd give both drivers a chance to actually grab it. So um, very excited. And I'm, it's, it's, I'm very excited for him this year. I think that's one of the teams that I'm most excited for going into this season because, like you said, um, they, they've had more wind, wind tunnel time. Uh, they also, in, I believe, have one of the strongest driver team pairings on the grid. And it's, it's going to be Oscar's second season. Like, that's wild to even think, given the already the success he had in his first season. And this is with a team that needed to make considerable improvements. Um, so he had a short window of time once the car became competitive and look at what he was capable of doing. So to imagine 
going off of the backs of the end of the season and going into this one for Oscar as a second, like, I, I mean, can't imagine where he's going to finish. And then you have the strength and the experience of Lando. Um, so yeah, there's a lot of optimism. There's a lot of excitement, I think, for McLaren going into this year. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens. Yeah, so am I. Um, and um, uh, like I just said, we have three teams that we haven't talked about yet. And um, because mm -hmm. uh, you were talking about contract extensions and, you know, uh, still having to talk about Ferrari and Mercedes, there's there's a bit of a bomb that was dropped. But let's let's talk about deliveries first, because actually McLaren, uh, sorry, uh, Mercedes actually did change their livery. Uh, they sort of went with a combination of what they have been using during the past two years. So there's carbon like there was last year, but they are also going back to basically being able to call them silver arrows because they're going with the silver lining through the center of the car, which well, I want to hear from you first what you think about it. Yeah, big fan. I prefer the black and the silver arrows. So uh, I, I think that... I mean, for the most part, it's it's sticking to the, the carbon heavy style, which uh, similar to last year, but I also like the subtle change in the silver. I like it too. I think the silver is nice. And uh, yeah, a lot of black is what we already see on many of the cars. So it's good that it can be identified with a slightly different color. And then the Petronas green, uh, they stick with that too which identifies them easily. So yeah, I kind of like it. Um, uh, it's, it's not a bad livery at all. The bigger question is going to be with all of the time and, and how they've openly expressed all of the considerable time that they've put into this year's development of that car, whether or not that's going to prove to be competitive on the track. So the livery's nice, but let's see if the results if the results turn around <laughs> that's going to be the big question especially given the fact that this is going to be Hamilton's last year with Mercedes which is wild to talk about as well I think out of anything that has happened during the offseason that definitely was the biggest bomb to drop wasn't it yeah true yeah, looking a little bit more at the car, um, one of the things... <laughs> you want to stick to the car right now before we get into it? Yeah, huh? that's... That, <laughs> I'm that, just that, itching to talk that about it. That was my aim. I know, I know. Uh, no, one thing I wanted to mention about the car is that uh, with the presentation of it, it seems that they have changed something at the rear wing. Actually, both Mercedes and Red Bull have. So at the top rear wing, um, it, it's separated slightly from the end plate there. And that's something that McLaren already had uh, last year. And that's what both Red Bull and Mercedes are doing this year. Um, yeah, uh, I agree. I mean, with the development of the car, it's interesting to see where it's going to go. They have had a bit of a uh, late start to the development, driving around with that zero sidepod car earlier after the big regulation changes. So they're able to develop it for a little bit for less time than some of the other teams. But... Mercedes have always shown that they're quite strong in developing a car. So, I mean, they might get back to, uh, well, I don't know if they can get back to winning, but at least, you know, challenging for, for podiums, which they were doing last year, if we're fair. But yeah, it'd be, I mean, it's been a while uh, for, for actually Russell's the last race winner of Mercedes um, during that Brazil Grand Prix in 22. Lewis hasn't won one for a while, but uh, I promised we would talk about Lewis a little bit later on. So let's 
move to which one do you want to talk about first? Delivery of Ferrari or delivery of Red Bull? Let's do Red Bull and we'll say Ferrari for last because then we can segue it into what that conversation that we're going to go back on. <laughs> so Red Bull. Well, not a lot of changes. Say, yeah, more or less, more or less uh, livery wise the same. Yeah, uh, but, I, but when, they, when they presented it, I thought because the picture looked um, like it was a black car actually at first, but I think it's just the lighting. Um, and I, I don't know, like I mentioned earlier on in this podcast, I do understand brands wanting to brand their brand with the same colors uh, year in, year out. So I also don't mind. Uh, all in all, I don't mind the color scheme of that car, to be honest. I kind of think that the the dark blue, the yellow and the red, they go well together. It's, uh, it's, 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 mm -hmm. it's very recognizably Red Bull. So, uh, yeah, but I don't know. Not much exciting things to say about it, but I also don't mind it. So, Well, you know what they say, if it's not broken, don't fix it. And yeah. for Red Bull, they, they, last year they didn't really have a lot that they needed to fix. So I, I don't think that it's necessary to really change a lot. I, I, I mean, we agree on a lot of things. So I'm going to say I agree with you as well when it comes to the livery and the color schemes. I, I've always enjoyed that i think that it's nice so i wouldn't see a reason to change that yeah so of course one of the question is with the presentation of the car because there were a couple of changes last year into this year uh, with what they presented now so red bulls always had a little bit of a underbite in their in their inlets at their side pod uh, it looks like they're changing that and they're switching to uh, an overbite but um, of course we, we we can't really tell because this is just a car that they're presenting. That doesn't necessarily mean they're also gonna drive around with the side pods that we saw. But uh, during the filming, the, the track time, when they were filming, they, they did have this side pod on. And of course, people, the teams do use that, that time also to, to do a little bit of testing. So I don't know, it's gonna be interesting if they actually do change some parts of their concept uh, on their side pods. And if they do move to something that actually looks a little bit more like what Mercedes was using previously. Um, but we don't know. It's just speculation at this point. So uh, that will be something, uh, well, one of the reasons that, um, one of the reasons to watch the testing in Bahrain. Very true. So then there's only one team left. And ta-da, I don't think uh, we were very surprised <laughs> that it was a red livery. No. But, but they did incorporate yellow, more yeah, yellow. Exactly, yellow and white. This year. Yeah. Is Not it so much the black. No, true. Is it a hint to the Le Mans winning car of last year? Ah, Do maybe they want to take a little bit of the success from, from Le Mans and incorporate it into, rub it into Ferrari's <laughs> livery this year. May not be a bad idea. Yeah, all in all, I think it's actually quite a nice looking livery. And um, this is at least, you know, okay, Ferrari always drives in red, but at least they do something different each year. And uh, I think to me, this yellow and white edition looks better than, for example, that, that green uh, stain that they had on their car. And was it 21? I think so. Yeah, I didn't, I, I didn't uh, like that I too much. I did not like that either. Yeah. I like I, I also feel like the uh, adding the yellow even on the suits like the piping done uh, or the stripes you could say it to me it it's it almost looks a little bit more like a vintage Ferrari yeah. like an ode to to his the the history of Ferrari which I'm a big fan of so 
I I do like it. I think that I think that it's nice. But of course, you know, it's Ferrari. You're always going to stick to the iconic red. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> no, I, I I agree, and um, I think it's nice. I mean, they have such a long history, so it's nice to making hints to it. Uh, they can and they should, and um, mm -hmm. I think they also have quite a bit of a history of wanting to contract former world champions. Does that say anything to you? They certainly do. And I mean, what a what a surprise and and what I mean, it was a surprise, but then when you really think about it after uh, if if you don't know, which I'm sure we all know, but just to elaborate there, uh Hamilton signing for the 2025 year with Ferrari and leaving Mercedes, but I think that although it was a big surprise to find out right away when you when you put more thought into it it makes sense it makes sense on Hamilton's side he's in probably I mean we can imagine that he's he's not going to have I would assume that he's not going to have many more years left when it comes to driving in Formula 1 and he's openly expressed that that Ferrari is a team that he loves. So, I mean, why not? If you're going to get paid the amount that you're going to get paid from a team that you've always wanted to drive for in the last few years of probably in, in your prime, why wouldn't it be Ferrari? I mean, it's uh, it's something that is a is a I don't think it's a big risk. But I also think that it is, a, it is a very, very big pull that Ferrari was able to get. And like you said, historically, they do that. The question is more going to be, well, there's going to be a few questions. Number one, is Hamilton going to be able to, at that point, be quite successful on Ferrari? In the, in, in, I believe he signed for two years. So is he going to be successful during that time? The other thing is, is that now you have a driver pairing with Hamilton and Leclerc. And to me, that's going to be that that's going to be really interesting. Yeah, it's uh, I, I think a lot of us are going to be looking ahead at 2025 as we're watching him in his final year with Mercedes. The other one quick thing that I'll mention as well is, is anyone from Mercedes going to leave and join Ferrari during the 20 uh, at that point? That's another question to ask. Yeah, and another side note is because you mentioned the Norris extending his contract, Leclerc actually has done the same thing. Uh, apparently, knowing that Hamilton's going to be his teammate, and uh, yeah, I absolutely love the confidence of of both of them. Uh, Leclerc re-signing, although I guess that's that's the expected thing to do. But uh, yeah, Lewis going to Ferrari, I honestly, I absolutely love it. I think it will be very exciting. Mm -hmm. it, it's one of these things that. If it wouldn't have happened, you would have always wondered how would it have been if Lewis was driving a Ferrari, and now we actually get to witness it, and we actually have That's quite a good a, point. We have a long build-up to the climax as well. You know, we, we it's not like it's going to happen tomorrow. It's going to take a year, which is kind of interesting for for inter-team dynamics, both in Ferrari and in Mercedes. But uh, but yeah, no, I think it's a it's a it's a great move. It's very exciting, very exciting for the sport, um, not just for the headlines, but actually to witness it and and, and seeing him drive there. Uh, of course, there were some rumors about it already last year, but um, yeah, I think it's no all in all. I think it's uh, I'm very excited for for the for this to happen. Also, it will you know it will start the whole driver carousel for um, for twenty. 25. It's going to be something very interesting. We know now that there's a, a seat available at Mercedes. There's going to be a lot of rumor. 
and there's going to be somebody taking the seat which means that there will be other drivers going around well depending a little bit on what they do because of course if they go for young talent let's say they they do go with Kimi Antonelli who will be 18 at that point at the start of uh, next year's season you know that would mean that there doesn't necessarily have to be a lot of other drivers switching around in other teams if they don't go for young talent but they want to have some time to bridge the gap towards uh, Antonelli that that might mean they go with somebody who's currently on the grid which would mean that you know there will be several other changes uh, possibly which would be exciting for me too I I don't know how you look at it for me it would be very exciting they put a very young driver in there I, I mean I love to see new drivers on the grid I would love to see a young guy like Kimi Antonelli on the grid on the other hand I don't know would also like to see what Aston Martin do if Alonso goes to Mercedes which by the way would be absolutely <laughs> out of this world if that would happen I mean who would have ever thought that that would happen but you know could be could be, could be Albon and um, and and Williams might have to find two new drivers for next season depending on how Sargent performs so yeah a lot of different things could happen we're going to have a lot of speculation I can imagine that Mercedes hasn't really made up their mind yet and they want to see how Antonelli does in F2 and they want to give some more thought to who they give the seat to um, so yeah they might not actually make a decision uh, straight away, which means that there's going to be a lot of speculation, a lot of rumor, a lot of yeah, a lot of exciting talk. Um, on the one hand, we usually don't focus, we don't build our podcast around uh, talking about rumors. But then again, I mean, and assumptions, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. But this is this is this is just very exciting, you know. So, uh, what 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 do you think? Uh, what would be the uh, most logical road ahead for for Mercedes? Oh geez, I, I think when you imply uh, when you apply logic to this situation, it's 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 I don't know if you can because anything can happen. I think that you you touched on the fact that they have a year a year until Lewis leaves, which means that is a lot of time to make moves. And I think on the front of Mercedes, the concern would lie more in the stability of the team moving forward. And if anybody switches sides and goes to Ferrari as a result of Lewis leaving, any critical people that are within the Mercedes team, and you have a year, uh, if Ferrari has, has, Ferrari already has prior to Hamilton, has been making some smart tactical uh, additions to their team. So I would have no doubts that there's some whispers in ears right now. And maybe it's not even necessarily on the Mercedes side, but they've definitely been making moves. And with the addition of Hamilton, it's going to be interesting to see who else joins um, and how that team continues to grow or develop, we should say. As for, like you mentioned, that was, an, that was a good choice of words, the carousel, him starting the carousel, because I, I really do think you, you also have a large part of the grid with at the end of their contracts this year. So that's going to open the floor for a lot more negotiations and, and potential changes. And when you have certain drivers like Carlos Sainz, now he ha is in a position where 2025, he's looking for a seat. You have drivers ending their contracts. You have Mercedes with an open seat. Lo I think we're going to see a lot of moves, uh, in my opinion. I think we're going to see a lot of different changes. Um, you know, if we look at Alonso's situation when he left Alpine and joined Aston Martin, that triggered 
a series of changes. And, you know, Alonzo, he, he, who knows whether he sticks with Aston Martin or he decides to move. I mean, there is those rumors of, of a potential seat at Mercedes. If that was the case, that would just be, <laughs> be insane. But at the same time, I mean, who knows, right? It is just rumors. Antonelli, you touched on him. I, I think that he has a very bright future in Formula One. Of course, we'll see how he produces during this year with F2. But I think he definitely could be entertained in the conversation with gaining a seat somewhere. And if it's with Mercedes, then he would have the potential to really grow and get comfortable in that seat with Russell, I guess, taking the number one spot, which I think they've expressed anyways, um, after Hamilton left that that was their intention was was for Russell to take that seat which would make sense at this point in time but I I think overall there's we we can talk about the assumptions even though we don't like to touch on it because there or or the rumors because of the fact that Hamilton going to Ferrari I think is is really the um, match that's going to start and trigger a series of events so it's going to be a really interesting year because I think there's a lot more that we're going to hear about. Oh it will definitely be a returning topic uh, during our episodes I'm 100% oh, sure I have about no doubt. that so yeah rather than uh, rather than you know <laughs> wasting too many words on rumors now because I, I do fully agree with you it's very exciting uh, to to you know to see what's going to happen um, and I'm sure we could talk about it a lot more uh, you just touched on where science would go I think um, that's also uh, yeah that, that, that's something to talk about but instead I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it over another uh, wall right now and I want you to respond to me saying China Miami Austria Austin Brazil and Qatar What would you like me to respond with? <laughs> well, that's the the sprint weekend. What are you this, saying? That's Anton? a sprint weekend this that's year. What you're okay, <laughs> so I wanna I wanna move a little bit to uh, talking about that and um, get your opinion on the new format and on the races selected for the sprint weekends. Uh, yeah, what's uh, how do you how do you see that? Okay, first of all, let me say um, selfishly, I'm a little disappointed that a sprint was not taking place in Canada here in Montreal I, I am a little disappointed by that because man would that have been amazing to see live but I digress going into the sprint order I I don't mind it I think that it's actually a little bit better uh, of a format I think it'll be a little bit less chaotic at times it does feel like the sprint weekends are chaotic and you know we'll, we'll see with the tracks that they've decided to choose how it's going to play out I think you know they, they I'm I'm glad that they haven't done Baku this year because I felt like a, a track like Baku made it less exciting when it came to the sprint weekend uh, just because it doesn't leave a lot of ability for overtakes and when you have when you incorporate that it's it's just it's not as entertaining it doesn't really give a lot of an ability to make significant changes or results but I I do like the order I'll go over the order actually just really briefly so on Friday you would have FP1 and then after that it would be sprint qualifying Saturday would then be the sprint and then qualifying shortly after that and then the Grand Prix so ultimately you're having a situation where you have the sprint qualifying and then the sprint and then the qualifying and then the race and so for that I think it makes a lot more sense uh, what did you think? 
about that layout? Yeah, chronologically, it's a lot more logical for the watching F1 fan. Um, We touched upon it last year. I do think that for the racing driver to have a sprint race, knowing that you're still going to have to qualify for the race, which in the end, for most of the teams, is far more important. Um, If it's going to, yeah, if it's going to, result in drivers being more careful during that sprint race. Um, And, uh, you know, if you do completely wreck your car, you're going to have a problem. You're not going to be able to qualify for the race on Sunday, which in the end, it's always going to be, you know, the climax or it should be the climax um, of the F1 weekend. But other than that, yeah, chronologically, it does make a lot more sense. I guess we're going to see. I guess it's always going to be somewhat tricky to get the right order because you're always going to have to um sacrifice one thing for the other i i don't know i yeah well we can talk about sprint weekends for a long long time um i'm still i don't know i I think it's i do agree with you that actually baku doesn't lend itself too much for a sprint weekend i do think it's a bit of a shame spa's not on there i would have not put it on two different tracks in the us Uh, i would have gone um, uh, well, I would have gone with Austin myself. I don't, I don't particularly like the Miami track um, too much. I think it's slightly. Mm, I don't want to call it boring. I mean, you can have a good race there, I guess. Um, we haven't seen it yet, but it might. You know, uh, you, you shouldn't. I want to refrain from judging races before actually watching them. Um, I think a lot of us have been surprised with the Las Vegas race, which was actually quite entertaining so yeah let's not judge races before we've actually seen them but uh, but yeah looking at the tracks I'm actually I'm, I'm personally very excited for the race in China not only because that's been a track that we haven't seen uh, on the calendar or actually being executed for a while um, I, I love that um, I think it's is it the first corner which is like this whole long uh, right hander yeah. that like it's like a spiral I, 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 I freaking love that turn and I think it's a uh, it's a good I, honestly it's a good track um, and it will be fun to see Joe driving in his home country and it might actually be a good track for a sprint re, uh, sprint race so yeah we're I think it's good that they switch that up uh, and don't always use the same tracks each year um, yeah if the if the format's gonna be nice we're gonna have to wait and see but uh, I'm pretty sure um, things can get interesting and um, and hopefully they do. Yeah, I was going to say that I I think when it comes to one specific track that I'd be excited to see sprint race upon, it would be the China track for sure, or the track in China. I, I, I think it's just such a cool track. So it'll be nice to see it back on the calendar. Definitely, yeah. Not just the sprint, the race itself. I, I hope uh, we're mm-hmm. gonna, and it's gonna be at the start of the season. Of course, the other big change is the order of um, Japan being moved much further um, ahead, being much earlier on the calendar, and uh, Azerbaijan being much later. Um, that's something that's that's somewhat different. And um, yeah, uh, other than that, Las Vegas is not gonna be the penultimate race. Um, uh, it's gonna be Qatar. So it's it's yeah. There's a couple of changes in the calendar uh, of course we're going to have yeah some of the asian races a little bit close together or you know with um moving from uh from bahrain to saudi to australia and then staying in asia 
doing China and Japan. I think that's good. Um, that's keeping it all a little bit better together. I think one thing we should also not forget to mention is that those first two races are going to be driven on Saturdays rather than Sundays. So that means that the whole weekend has moved forward slightly. So we're going to have the first uh, FP sessions already on the Thursday. And um, yeah, I think that's something also to take into account with making your predictions so it's going to be slightly earlier of course it has to do with ramadan which starts on the sunday after the race in saudi and that sort of moves everything a little bit forward in time that's the reason they start bahrain also earlier um yeah that's going to be a little bit different we're going to watch the race on um on on saturday uh well of course depending on which time zone you are and um yeah i'm just i don't know about you but i'm very very excited to to kick start the season it's like when when there is no formula one i don't know what to do with my weekends it's just like i i i I'm so used to it being a part of like a, a, a regular part of my life that when it's not there, I just feel like a part is gone. <laughs> like, where is it? So I'm really, really excited. Two weeks roughly from now, we're going to kickstart things. So I can't wait. And we've we've gone over everything pretty much that we can think of, of course, in, in pretty much detail. One thing's for certain is that what I love is that every year you don't know what to expect for the most part, when it comes to car development and when you first start seeing the cars on the track and, and it really gives you a needle to start pointing as to as to where in the beginning of the season certain pairings are going to end up. So, yeah, I think I just, my, my gut tells me that this season is going to be a really wild one. So I, I think we're in for a ride. Yeah, and I'm definitely looking forward to uh, talking about each race uh, on this podcast throughout the season. It's going to be season filled with podcasts if we're really going to have 24 races let's hope none of them get cancelled and uh, yeah to round it let's all hope off we don't lose our heads 24 24 races 24 podcasts and and this is this is our second our second year running so uh, so hopefully we're a little bit more polished this year <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I agree with you there. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. And, and other than that, I just, I th- but I already mentioned it. I'm excited to have a couple of new guests on. Uh, I hope you are yeah. too. And um, Very much so. For now, I would just, uh, I would suggest to, you know, open up your Play Store, App Store, download the app, uh, set your first prediction, think about it, go back, change it as many times as you want, um, play around with it a little bit and make sure you, you get some of, uh, some of those points going for you uh, at that first race because uh, you don't want to you don't want to start behind and, and miss out on points uh, on the first race of the season well i i think um we're counting down i think you started counting down at the end of last year you you, you told me how many races or how many days until the first race I, i'm not sure if yeah. you're counting down now yeah well it's it's, uh, it's what it's two weeks right so but it's on the saturday roughly, we're recording yeah. on the saturday so it's like i don't know 13 days um yeah pretty much but we're gonna have to well, we can already watch the tests in Bahrain a little bit. We can start to speculate. Um, and, uh, of course, uh, well, FP sessions. But instead of uh, repeating each time how excited we are, I guess we um, we lay down our microphones and we just wait. And we just, I don't know, uh, either go to sleep for two weeks or, I don't know, get wasted, <laughs> whatever, you, whatever you feel like. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk again soon.
and hopefully put yourself uh, in a coma and then wake up in in 13 days for <laughs> for the season yeah well i don't want to be guilty of putting people in comas or suggesting to but, no uh, no but, i mean you put yourself in a coma <laughs> okay all right you're suggesting i do all right well, i'll think about it <laughs>